Hello and welcome to the Mind Body Fertility Podcast. I'm Fran, a fertility mindset coach. And this is Jen, and I'm a functional fertility coach. In this podcast, we talk about a range of mind body topics, all relevant to your fertility journey. From evidence based tools to sharing about our own and our clients' experiences when it comes to optimizing health, improving your chances of getting pregnant, and also enhancing your quality of life. You are not alone. Our goal with this podcast is to support you in getting pregnant, to be the friends who get it. And that's why in each episode, we bring together functional healthcare and mindset tools that will help you get pregnant. We are super passionate about what we do and want to support as many people as possible. You know how lonely trying to conceive can be. So please subscribe to this podcast and even better, leave a review so that more people can find us. Do you have any questions for us? We would love to hear from you and answer your questions in our next episode. You can send your questions via email to mind body fertility podcast at gmail.com now let's get started hello everybody thank you for joining me welcome back to the mind body fertility podcast today we're going to be doing something a little bit different um i am going to be recording without fran this is fertility coach jen by the way Um, I'm going to be recording a solo episode for you today. This is our very first one and, um, we are going to be talking about some really good stuff. Um, we are going to dive into the topic of fertility vital signs so that you can become more aware of, you know, what signs your body is giving you that, Um, you know, you're making progress on optimizing your fertility, which ones you might, um, notice that you need to work on, which ones are okay. And you can empower yourself with this information because that is what this podcast is all about. That's what my coaching is all about with my fertility clients And so this is, you know, the, the stuff that really lights me up and I love talking about this. So Fran, we're missing you this week on the podcast, but, um, we know you will be back soon. We'll be back together soon. So, um, diving in though, to the fertility vital signs, we want to, I mean, we all know that, you know, having a regular menstrual cycle is pretty vital, right? To not only just your fertility, but to, you know, as, as a woman, as a female to your overall health, it's like, it's one of those overall, those signs that, um, you know, your hormones are in balance. Everything's kind of working the way it's supposed to. So, um, you know, we, we know that and we're, you know, we're taught a little bit in, um, in school about, you know, the, you know, what to expect with your menstrual cycle. Um, but you know, either we forget, it's been a long time since we've really 
you know, investigated that or um, talked about it, had a conversation around it. So we're going to go over through, um, go over some basic stuff, but these are really important for determining, you know, like where you might need to focus on, um, gives, and your body's, you know, giving you signs that, um, you know, maybe something's up, something's not right. And, um, these clues are so great to be able to pinpoint, you know, where you might be able to focus, um, focus your efforts and, um, you know, to, to be able to achieve your goals. So, a regular cycle looks like, um, you know, something a little bit different for everybody. So every woman is different. There's, um, there's kind of like a baseline that, that every woman follows, but you know, all of these, um, you know, that I'm going to talk about this, the, the signs of a regular cycle, you know, they can vary within, you know, a couple days based on, you know, what's normal for you. So just because you don't have a 28 day cycle, you know, we're often, often the 28 day cycle is referred as a normal cycle. Um, but you know, there's, and I don't know the percentage. I don't, I don't know the, um, you know, the number of, of women who actually have a 28 day cycle, but it varies, right? So between 25 and 32 days is really, you know, quote unquote, normal cycle. Um, sometimes it's kind of, it's pushing it 32 days might, um, be a sign that, you know, you, maybe you're, you're, um, ovulating late, which not, isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, you know, depending on quality of eggs, um, your egg health and stuff like that. So between 25 and 32 days in length, um, you do want to really expect your period at the same time every month though, right? Like two to three day wiggle room. We need to make sure that we, we account for the different types of stressors that we encounter in in any given month, because that can have an effect on, um, you know, the length of your cycle. And so that's, um, you know, that's where that, that, uh, regular cycle length comes into play or that difference in length anyways. Um, but ovulation usually happens between day 10 and day 15. Like I said, though, it's, um, this is very similar to, you know, that two to three day wiggle room, um, when you, you know, can expect your period. So, Ovulation depends on, of course, hormonal factors, but also, um, you know, nutritional and antioxidant and like lots of, lots of different factors, right? That quality of the egg, the quality of the corpus luteum once it's ovulated, um, and you know, how long that progesterone sticks around depends on the quality of that egg. So, um, leading up to the luteal phase, right? After ovulation is our luteal phase. And that happens immediately after you ovulate. Um, we want that to be at least 10 days long. Um, and the reason for that is because, um, you, you want to make sure that your, um, your egg has enough time. Your fertilized egg has enough time to travel down into your uterus and implant, right? So it takes about seven days for that egg, that fertilized egg to implant into the uterus, right? So 
we want to give it as much time as possible to be able to, you know, get all nice and snuggly in there and start, um, you know, getting those nutrients so that it can, it can grow. And, um, you know, the longer the luteal phase, the more time it allows for that fertilized egg to be able to implant properly and have sufficient nutrients to, um, to grow. So, um, luteal phase, we want at least 10 days long can last up to 14, 15 days or so. Um, you know, if you've got really strong progesterone production, um, you know, that longer length, you know, longer, the longer the luteal phase, um, definitely the better. So, um, you know, I just want to caveat too, though, that, uh, some women, um, they do have some spotting, the day before and maybe the day after their period. And that is usually due to just, you know, the fluctuation in your hormones. Um, and so that can be pretty normal for a lot of women to have uh, a little bit of spotting, um, about a day, sometimes two days, um, before or after, um, your period. So, um, you know, just wanted to throw that in there. So that's fertility vital sign number one is, um, you know, how regular is your cycle? Can you count on it being, you know, a certain number of days in length? Can you count on it coming, um, you know, around the same time every month? Uh, does your ovulation happen around the same time of month as your luteal phase at least 10 days, if not longer? Um, and you know, if you're having spotting before or after your period more than a day or two, even, um, two days is a little bit suspicious, right. Of progesterone deficiencies. Um, but, uh, you know, if you're, if you've got any, any spotting for, for uh, any length of time beyond that, then, um, you know, definitely a sign that there are some hormonal issues that you can look into, um, fertility vital sign number two is cervical mucus. So, um, I just want to throw out there really quickly though, that, um, all of these, these vital signs are very, very easily tracked in, um, in a, uh, fertility tracker, right? There's so many different apps out there now. Um, it's kind of hard to keep up with how many apps there are. Uh, but there's, you know, a lot of my clients, they will use an, uh, an app that's, um, basically meant for tracking ovulation. Um, there's period trackers out there that also have a, um, a fertility section in them. I, um, I use personally the pre-mom app because I use their ovulation test strips to track my ovulation personally. Um, but like I said, there's so many, so many apps out there. Just don't, whatever you do, (laughs) most of them will have, um, period prediction or ovulation prediction. Do not go off of that because there are so many nuances to your cycle, right? Like just because it's a predicted thing does not mean that, um, you know, there wasn't certain factors that are affecting your cycle this month, right? Or next month you could get sick, right? You could get the flu or something and you know, that could throw your cycle off. 
that could, um, you know, you get, you, you, you're under some sort of major stressor, um, you know, and that happens to us and that can actually, you know, that can lead to an, an ovulatory cycle, right? So those period prediction, ovulation prediction, they do their best, but there's no way that they can predict, um, the stress, the stressors that, um, you might encounter in your daily life. So, um, it's best to use the, the other fertility vital signs that I'm going to go through with you, um, to, you know, best predict and actually confirm ovulation. So we'll get to that though. Um, cervical mucus is a fantastic way to, um, understand your, your fertility. And there's actually four stages to cervical mucus, right? And they coincide with, with your cycle. So to stick with the typical, 28 day cycle, right? So you're going to, you're going to see on cycle day between cycle day, about one and six, right? You're going to notice thick, dry cervical mucus, right? Like super dry. Um, you know, you're not really going to be able to like, if you rub your fingers together, it's going to be like, you know, there it's like, there's almost nothing there. Um, Cycle day seven through nine is usually about, you know, for about two or three days after that thick, dry um, stage, um, you're going to notice creamy, kind of almost tacky feeling, cervical mucus. Um, And then CD 10 through 12, cycle day 10 through 12, um, it'll start getting more watery or kind of wet feeling, right? And, um, that leads up to the egg white cervical mucus, which is like, that's our golden ticket right there, right? That's, that's cycle day 13 to 14. And that's assuming that you have, um, that you're ovulating on day 14, around day 14, right? So like the day before the day and the day of ovulation is going to be that slippery egg white feeling looking, um, cervical mucus, And, um, so, you know, that only lasts for a couple days. Not every woman has super duper obvious cervical mucus. So some women will have an abundance of it. Um, and they'll, you know, they'll really be able to easily notice it, um, in their underwear or, you know, as they wipe when they're going to the bathroom. Um, but some women will actually need to, you know, check with their fingers in their vagina. So, um, you know, don't be afraid to do that. Make sure you wash your hands first, of course, but don't be afraid to do that. Um, and really get to know your body and what each, um, stage of, uh, for, uh, cervical mucus, um, you're in and make note of that right in, in your, uh, fertility tracker, your ovulation tracker, whichever one you're using, because that's a really, really great sign. Um, Sometimes when our hormones are a little off, then we can notice this egg white cervical mucus um, doesn't show up until after ovulation happens. And that's a problem as well. So, you know, tracking cervical mucus gives us so much great information um, and it tells you so much about your body. So um, definitely a fantastic fertility vital sign. Uh, basal body temperature charting. 
I think the majority of us probably know what this is. Um, it's essentially you use a basal body thermometer, um, which is different than the typical thermometer that you use for like fevers and whatnot. Um, because it gives you an extra, um, digit. It goes to the, um, the 10th degree. And so that's actually pretty important to be able to notice the, um, the spike in temperature after ovulation. So, uh, basal body temperature charting, um, you will, uh, essentially what you're going to do is at the same time every day, you know, you wake up to your alarm, um, and you'll have, you know, ideally you'll have your thermometer next to your bed and you can, um, you know, grab your thermometer as soon as you wake up, don't get up to go to the bathroom first. Um, you know, don't sit up in bed, just kind of lay there and make sure that you're not doing a whole lot of motion because that will, um, that will raise your body temperature pretty quickly as soon as you start moving around. So, um, grab your basal body thermometer, um, take your temperature. Oftentimes those thermometers will actually take, you know, a couple minutes to, they're not necessarily instant. It'll take a couple minutes or so to, um, you know, read, read your temperature. But, um, this is really powerful information for you to be able to predict the, um, the ovulation. And, um, it actually can help you understand, you know, whether or not you're having some progesterone deficiencies and, and whether maybe you're having a, a shorter luteal cycle or a shorter luteal phase. Um, so, um, essentially just before, like the pattern that you want to see is ju- just before ovulation, uh, you'll see a drop in your temperature and then, um, you'll have kind of a sudden increase um, in temperature that, you know, will kind of stay elevated, um, until just before your period starts, right? So that the drop in temperature, then you ovulate, then you'll see this sudden increase, um, as, and that's the progesterone working. The progesterone is going to, um, keep, keep your temperature slightly raised about half a degree or so. Um, and that will, that'll stay elevated until just before your period starts. So, um, basal body thermometer is a fantastic tool to be able to, um, you know, chart that, that fertility vital sign. Um, the next one I want to chat about is, uh, LH testing. So LH strips are a great way to be able to measure, um, you know, be able to pinpoint the time, like the the day before you ovulate. So, um, your LH is going to peak the day before you ovulate uh, about 24 to 48 hours before you ovulate. Um, but it gives you a really good idea of when you should really be focused on focusing on, um, you know, having sex if you're trying to get pregnant, um, and also whether or not your LH, uh, your luteinizing hormone is actually strong enough um, you're getting a strong enough surge to actually be able to, um, facilitate that ovulation. So, um, I suggest my clients start testing, um, that with, with the evening urine before bed, right? Like right before bed between cycle days, eight and 10, start between, um, cycle days, eight and 10. It's pretty rare that somebody will ovulate, 
um, sooner than that, right? But we do kind of want to get a little bit of a baseline before you actually do ovulate so we don't miss it. Um, so uh, start testing evening urine before bed between cycle days 8 and 10. And then you're going to continue testing every day until you get a peak rating, right? Which is usually around cycle day 12 to 16 or so. And then you want to continue that for a few days after so that you make sure that there's not, you know, another maybe peak. Sometimes if you have a weak, weak LH surge, um, you'll you know, sometimes women can test a couple days later and they'll have like an actual full on LH surge. And so sometimes that's not expected. So it's, it's, uh, you know, a good idea to continue LH testing for a couple days after you get your, what you think is your peak reading. Um, so LH testing is a great fertility vital sign, like I said, for predicting ovulation, predicting when to uh, have sex if you're trying to get pregnant, and to and it really correlates with that the uh, BBT charting, right? The basal body thermometer charting and uh, cervical mucus as well. So. Um, The last thing that I want to chat about is progesterone testing. And this has been, this is kind of new to me. And I actually started just doing this myself. I am about to turn 37. And so it's, I'm super curious about my body, how things are changing, how my hormones are changing and how I am able to best support my fertility as I Um, you know, as I get older and it's really important to me, even though I'm not trying to get pregnant at the time, I, it's, it's, I understand that ovulating and having a regular cycle is definitely part of keeping myself healthy and hormone balance is actually pretty, um, you know, incredible and, and, uh, in keeping all systems in your body healthy immune system, you know, your gut health, all that kind of stuff is affected. Um, it affects your hormones and is affected by your hormones. So progesterone testing has been pretty interesting to me lately. And I've been using the prove strips and you've probably seen some ads out there on social media, uh, with, um, you know, they're, they're really doing a really good job at marketing these, but it's super interesting because you're able to test your progesterone. You're not, you don't have to go, you know, do a blood draw. You don't have to go to a lab and get your blood drawn. Um, you don't have to leave that. I mean, you can just, you do it at home and it's super simple, super easy and allows you to really be able to understand your luteal phase and what's going on with your progesterone. So um, essentially, you start testing about seven days or so after your LH peak. I actually start testing around day five um, because I just, I really like having that, um, that baseline, right? And, And I like being able to see, you know, the pattern of my progesterone rising and then, um, falling. So it's, uh, that's a fantastic way to understand, you know, what's going on with your progesterone, whether or not your luteal phase is, 
um, you know, long enough to sustain a pregnancy if you're trying to get pregnant or if you're just trying to balance your hormones. Uh, like I said earlier, progesterone and luteal phase and all that is really, it correlates a lot with egg health, um, that corpus luteum health. And so, uh, gives you tons and tons of good information. So, um, and the last thing I want to just mention really quick is, and this is something that actually these fertility trackers will have, uh, available for you to, to, um, to mark on there is a noticeable increase in sex drive. That is always, always, always a good fertility sign. Um, you know, not necessarily a sign of, uh, you know, egg quality. It's not necessarily a sign that there's not other underlying factors that may contribute to, you know, if you're struggling to get pregnant. Um, but it's always, it's always a good sign. It's, it's part of, right, that the fertility vital signs that we want to, um, to take note of, right, and notice in your body. So, um, hopefully this, uh, podcast was super helpful for you. I know this is a lot of basic stuff, but sometimes, you know, it's good to just get a reminder. I hope, you know, maybe if you've, um, got questions, then you guys can reach out to Fran or I, um, you know, I think we will be able to post our email address in the show notes and, um, probably our Instagram pages too. So you guys can reach out anytime you have questions. If you have questions specific to this podcast, or if you have questions, um, for either Fran or I based on mind, body, um, and how that relates to fertility, then please definitely reach out. Um, and until next time, I hope you guys have a good rest of your week and we'll talk soon. Bye.